2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to Play Tessie.
3: This is episode 27, the Carlton Fisk episode. This is the official podcast of bullying because bullying works. All right. We saw it. We all talked about it. Everyone talked about it. All of Sox Nation talked about it. We wanted to see ownership speak. We wanted to see Craig Breslow speak in the media. We all talked about it. It was the discourse for days. And then today, as we're recording, earlier today, both Breslow talked to the media. Tom Warner talked to the media. So it happened. Official podcast of bullying, also known as the official Red Sox podcast of WEI, the Red Sox Radio Network. I'm here with Pat. I'm here with Sammy. And we're joined by our good pal Bradfoe today. Bradfo, how you doing?
4: good do you guys have me because i tweeted something is that why you had me no no i mean no. we just this it uh, felt like go a good day to bring fish. yeah uh, rob this uh, felt right. i just feel like the uh, right time
3: felt like the right all right that's
4: fair i just like you know i want to make sure i want to i always there's always motives i i don't know hey listen if it takes me to tweet something to see your guys smiling faces i'll tweet all the live long day all right Thank God bless you, you look at all my smiling faces is so good and, and 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 it's i am so looking forward to you guys being like the talk of the town at winter weekend i don't care what happens it's all oh, like, my did you see the play tessie guys are here you see him? yeah and no I'm one's going to be I mean, talking
3: tom Werner or anything it's going to be all
4: have, us so far the only person unless i'm wrong the only person who has uh, been requested to take a photo because of their fame off this podcast is Pat, right? Correct? I was
5: asked, yeah. I was asked if I was uh, Pat from Who Says No at the Savannah Bananas game at Dunkin' Donuts Park in Hartford, Connecticut.
4: I think
6: it's well, pretty clear that Pat's like the fan favorite on the show. He gets all the nice comments on Twitter, he gets recognized in person. He's the only one who doesn't sound like everybody else. It, it's like <laughs> the round
4: show. In fairness, so people think he's, he's Nick Ceriani. So, yeah. God
5: damn it. Not now, Rob.
4: <laughs> Wait, Nick Ceriani,
6: he kind of looks like Nick Cage. So that kind of means that Pat, by proxy, you look like oh, Nick Cage.
4: Congrats. There you go. But I will say, so the, all of that changes this weekend. All of it changes. Everybody, you guys, you're going to have to wear costumes. Because it's everyone's going to want to take a picture. Not only with you guys individually, but as a group. Holy mackerel. It's going to be so good. It's going to be great.
3: You know, Rob, I'm having second thoughts about it. it like the whole talking to all these people, it's a little overwhelming to me. I, I think I just had a scheduling conflict, so <laughs> yeah. I might I might not be able to go anymore. Well, but you, know you guys can, you can take the do- load for me, okay? You guys can go oh, no, It's face the crowd, face the music. I'll just be at home. like. Be drinking mojitos by on the couch, just watching the streams of whatever's going on. You guys can take it for
6: me. It's, it's expensive to have winter weekend, Gordo. So I understand.
4: And and you know how what solves all problems? Pulling levers. When I, when in doubt, just pull some levers.
6: Yeah. Let's go. All the levers. You know, you come for so, the full throttle, but you stay for the lever pulling. Great.
4: Can, can I tell you we all need a nice lever pulling show. small. And i rented a car like a cheap car in fort myers and he got in the car and he said and he looked at the door he said what are these levers it was the window crank because you know you don't understand kids (laughs) so and that's what that's i I felt like he was ahead of his time i should have made the t-shirts right then and there what what are the levers what are the levers
6: Yeah. yeah I don't even know. Just... I don't even know what to make of the lever. Is that a is that a lesser throttle? Like what? How big's the lever? It's the same thing, isn't it?
4: No. I I
3: just like I Levers... read the article and I. You go, Rob. You go.
4: No, no. a throttle is you push the button, <laughs> and a bunch of flames comes out of the exhaust, and you take off. And along the way, uh, Yamamoto jumps in the car, so levers are you can do a lot of different things there you could like this there's, there's a lot of different things and some are subtle some aren't so subtle some actually don't even work so there's a lot of levers that you can pull i listen i know levers and i can <laughs> tell you i if there's one thing in this world that i know it is how how fickle the art of of pulling levers can be there's no there's no rhyme or reason So like I said, some work, some don't, some it's like going to a carnival when you're popping the balloons, some don't, some don't you're right. Some levers don't work. A lot of
6: levers actually don't work more than you But hold on, but hold on. He said,
3: I'm looking at the court right now. He said that they were going to pull all the levers. He said, we're going to be pressing all levers to improve the team. If he's pressing all levers, doesn't that, doesn't that mean the big money lever? Isn't that included in the levers? Or I guess broken. it could be broken. I would. That one's like, yeah. broken.
6: It's, it's been broken it broke. for like two years. I don't know how many levers he's got left to pull, but I,
3: That's we're just just going, they, they like, never wanted to fix it. It's been gone.
5: As time goes on, we're just getting older and older technology. First, it was a throttle. Then it was a lever. Next week, it's going to be a pulley. It's, gonna be, it's a mess. We're rolling the wheel in every direction.
3: Like, I do something. Please. We need a crank. We need a crank. Slow. Yeah
5: enough with the like analogy do
3: something please like the old style you're like raising the american flag up the pole that is the it's red good. sox Are you, It's gonna be
6: like you know what it's gonna be it's gonna be like a medieval catapult it is like <laughs> oh god yeah yeah the red sox instead of having like a t-shirt cannon they're gonna have a t-shirt trebuchet and just launch cheap t-shirts they're gonna be cheap they're only gonna be size xl <laughs> one That's size sorry guys mean, no,
4: it's too big you can wear it as a
6: sleeping shirt
4: but go sock. they're gonna they're gonna have they all their caps they're gonna be the only team with adjustable caps
6: to do that with the oakland A's in their team headshots they all had the velcro
4: hat. Well, yeah well they had the what? spring training sometimes they do it like you saw jake Berger. you know they have the the hats with the mesh and they get the really bad sunburns. Oh, yeah. The Red Sox are just going to carry that over to the year. So bad. We <laughs> <laughs> surprised. <It's> su- <laughs> the
3: other the other part of the while we're on Tom Werner, and this is all from Sean McAdam of Mass Lives article. He he talked about Yamamoto, too. And I'll, I'll read the quote he said we felt very strongly that we were going to compete for Yamamoto services. But in the end, he went to another team. We felt. But we felt we're in the mix and we were gonna be competitive I don't know they, they thought they were gonna get I can't and then he starts sp- spilling on about how they didn't like last year's team whatever we get it they stunk they it, it just feels to me like it was Yamamoto or bust and there was no plan B and at the start of the offseason we were all reading articles oh yeah he's probably gonna you know maybe touch 200 million and then and then slowly but surely like by the winter meetings it was like oh maybe he's gonna like approach 275 300 and then all of a sudden the total commitment's 375 i don't know to me and i'm curious to hear your guys takes on this but to me it felt like it was yamamoto or bust and i think it says a lot that they never leaked the offer and if, even if after that he never plan, leaked
6: it. if their plan is yamamoto or bust they're insane that was always a very very low chance that's a crazy crazy plan and you might be right gordo that's awful way to operate i can't believe and it's a bad plan Tell me if I'm crazy or not. Right now, as things stand, if they sign Justin Turner and Jordan Montgomery, they'll be good. They're not going to win the World Series, but they'll be solid. That's it's. That's what's frustrating. It's so easy. It's, it's not that far away from being a, I'm not saying a World Series competitor, a watchable, good team that every night you feel like, okay, we got a shot to win. We have five starting pitchers. Imagine that. And we have a full lineup with a number three hitter, a real one like Justin Turner. It's just it's so simple. It feels so incredibly simple from the outside. I don't know what I'm missing. It feels like I'm taking crazy pills.
5: Yeah. No, you're, I think you're right. My biggest gripe is like they just keep hounding on like we were in on Yamamoto. We felt like we were in on Yamamoto. It's not a coincidence that the Mets, Yankees, and Dodgers offers all came out and the Red Sox did not. I think that they went into the off season with like this cuz projected he was supposed to be like high hundreds maybe low to mid 200s. If that's what the offer maxed out and they felt good about that, they should be ashamed. They should not let that out. But if they really thought that they were competitive, I feel like they would have
6: had that number out there somewhere. Even
3: Whether the Phillies offered 300, 300 million. A blow. Hey, also
6: yeah. the uh, Phillies a credit credit to the uh, Playtesty crew. All of us, way before the uh, bidding for Yamamoto started, we all said that we thought it would go upwards of three hundred million. So, great job, guys! Nice shoot.
3: That's go true. Go. We were on that, Sammy. I re- I remember that episode too. You you started that one. We were like back then; it was still in the two hundred territory, and you were you were saying, "Why is it only 200? Yeah, so based on gotten, all we you know, why it's is it
6: that low? Yeah, but I don't think it takes a genius to know that. But thank you, I appreciate it.
3: Still, no, but you're you're straight- right, Sammy about. about your your assessment that literally, like, they are – because I remember at the beginning of the offseason, like, we said you need two starting pitchers that are better than Bayo. They have to figure out DH. And, like, if they do those things well, then, like, we can kind of make do with whatever the second base situation is. And, like, here we are, and we're just, like, get one starting pitcher, and, like, you don't even have to upgrade DH, and, like, we'll be, like – like, it's – we just – we keep going down little tier by tier. Month – like, week by week, we start lowering our expectations more and more and more until we're just like a pit of dust by the end of the do- of, of Gordo, the and, and
6: the scary part, we talked about pitching all off season. They still need a number three hitter. Like we discussed, and I'm seeing everyone talking. Solaire, great fit. Sw- his swing is perfect for Fenway. I know everyone says that about every right-hander. Solaire's different. I listed all the reasons today on Twitter. Hoskins might take a one year deal after missing an entire season. Maybe he'll take two. You got Justin Turner, who was awesome last year and still, now we're seeing people talk themselves into Adam Duvall, who I like, but I like him in Tyler O'Neill's role, not in Justin Turner's three-hole role. Randall Grichuk, who's like a platoon guy. CJ Crone, who hasn't played in a year.
3: Stop.
6: It's so, in, like the standard just drops lower and lower and lower. Who, Tommy Pham. No, stop. At, no, you're player. done. You're I done. Stop. Inspired. It's crazy. Stop. These guys who would be good if you needed a, a seventh-hole guy. And we're talking about him for a three hole in the middle of Raphael Devers prime, by the way, you're punting a year. Like, mm. so now we have to worry about the hitting too, which we didn't think we'd have to, because it's such an easy fix. Ah, sucks. Rob, can
3: I, can I ask you a question, Rob? You and may. I feel like, I feel like people have been kind of dancing around this all off season and kind of just like assuming that, I don't know, maybe people have their own theories. I'm curious. Why do you think we haven't heard anything about, the Red Sox and Reese Hoskins. Why is that not a thing?
4: Uh, wh- because we haven't heard about the Red Sox and anybody. I mean, we, we heard about the Red Sox and T.R. and Hernandez, and then, you know, that was it supposedly that was a done deal, I think, at one night. And then he signs, and then all of a sudden, an hour later, you hear about the Red Sox and Jorge Soler, and that sort of has gone out the window. I mean, we've heard drips and drabs of everybody. But when you ask about the Red Sox and Reese Hoskins, I think it just falls under the yeah, sure they might have interest, but they have a lot of teams have interest. So when you say that, it's I don't unless you I haven't heard anything saying no, absolutely there no there's no interest. Even when like let's be honest, initially there was some reports I think that said the Red Sox don't have interest in Blake Snell. Well, that wasn't true. It, it probably isn't true. Do, do I think they're going to get him? No, but I think that a guy like Hoskins falls under just like you heard with Turner, right? They're keeping in touch with Turner. Well, by the way, which is my least favorite thing. Cause it reminds me of Schwarber. We're keeping yes. in touch with Schwarber. Yeah. And then you find out that the Phillies signed him for twice as much as the Red Sox were offering. <laughs> so I hate the keeping in touch thing. It's like, it's, we remember Vasquez was the same. We're keeping in touch with Vasquez. And so, here's the thing, guys: is that, you know, I, I, I don't, I, my take isn't necessarily what people want to hear, um, because I think that with Yamamoto, I think that th- there is no semblance of sanity that would suggest that if the Red Sox ever thought, if as as ridiculous as the full throttle comment was. The Red Sox are insinuating that they were in on Yamamoto. They know that they would have had to make a representative offer, which is around 300 million. They know that. And they know that ultimately it will come out. Like with Bogarts, they had the crutch they had to lean on was that the Padres made this 11 year deal that nobody else was going to match. But with Yamamoto, I do feel like it's like Devers. Like they allocated the money to Devers. That's fine, they have the money. But my biggest problem is that whenever, and I've said this numerous times over the last whatever, I might have said it to you the other day, Gordo, that for years upon years upon years, when they wanted a guy, that they really wanted a guy, they were going to get him. That was it. They were going to get him. That has come and gone, I mean, so far, not even close. And, And by the way, if you're the Red Sox, you have to pay more now than you ever have, because even though Sam Kennedy won't say, it and Breslow won't say it, I'm sorry, it's not the destination of these other places, these places people are going to. It's not. So you got to pay more. That's all right. It's the cost of doing business. It's like Zach Eflin. You can't pay him the same as Tampa because of taxes and because he lives in Orlando. Sometimes you just have to pay more, and they would always pay more. That's the problem, is that, now, I don't know if, after Yamamoto, if there's a guy that they say this is the guy that we absolutely feel like is the perfect fit, if there is that guy, whether it's a trade or whether it's free agency, then do what you have to do to get him. It's I. It's the Dombrowski way of doing things. It just is. And and I'll come. The last thing I'll say, I'll come back to it. What I tweeted, which was, you need the whole thing that they came out about the, the, the with Breslow and Werner about our, we understand that this is, this is the, uh the youth is, this is the important thing we're building, we're building, we're building. It doesn't work unless you have the, the, the certain guys, the guys that you're investing in. And I'm not talking about Devers and I'm not talking about Trevor story. I'm not talking about those guys. I'm the, Look at history. Look at history in this town. 2013, 2007, 2013, 2018. You have young players, sure, but what else did you have? You had David Ortiz. You had Dust Madroya. You had John Lester. You had – and then you had Sale. You had Price. You had – J.D. Well, going back, J.D. – yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I always default to J.D. Drew. So (laughs) (laughs) – (laughs) No. <laughs>
3: jd drew discourse recently has been too much i know i know
4: can we get hold on let me get papa Ball. let me patch him in um <laughs> but but uh but that's how it works you cannot the orioles thing is yeah if you want to wait if you want to get you cannot lean on the orioles way of doing thing and you can't lean on the way the rays are doing things but they didn't
3: no, do that either they didn't know no, i know didn't but, any but, of these but guys.
4: here's here's the thing here's one of the things about both, I mean, other, you have, first of all, you can't do that in this market. You can't, you just can't. Everyone knows you can't, you can't do a five-year build. You can't do it. And the bigger part of that is that with those teams, you had bona fide superstars as your young players. We don't know if they have that. We don't, we, we don't, I mean, you have these guys who you think are going to be good, but are there the Wonder Francos? Oh, I know. You know, whatever. Erase that. So if, are there the Francos? Are there Jackson Holidays? Are there the Shane McClanahans? Are there the um uh Rushmans? You know, go down the list. Like, are there those guys right now, as we sit here? We don't know that. So why you're figuring that out. You need the guys, and we aren't even getting into the guys, the other part of it, which is nobody's talking about what this clubhouse is looking like, about what the dynamic of the team is looking like. Like, nobody's talking about that. And so I say all of this, and I I kind of blew through the the opening statement, which is, yes, it's frustrating, but there is still time for this to happen, and I can't believe, I cannot believe, that Craig Breslow will not do something to, A, make a big move, whether it's trade, whatever, free agency, whatever. I can't believe that won't happen. And, B, address what I just talked about, which is, you know, going in, if you had this clubhouse right now, it would be not bad guys, good guys. But, you know, this would be as Trevor Story's having an a infielder camp that's not his personality to be the guy get on the stool in the middle of the room, guy.
6: Neither is Rafi, who everyone for some no, reason. No, of wants course, to be- but that's <laughs> what I'm
4: talking about. Yeah, Turner was that guy. You want Tread exactly. Kenley? Okay, he was. He is that guy. Uh, Verdugo was trying to be. You know, he was in his own way sometimes brought energy. So, Wrong. But, you know, and even then it was lacking. And because Turner had to take up so much of that mantle, because Devers isn't that guy. And now, what are you left with? You're left, you aren't left with any semblance of it, which once again, I can't imagine that these very smart people who I've known for a long time don't understand this. So what I'm saying is, go ahead.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
4: I know it's awesome. <laughs> no, Cor, I mean no. court. Everybody knows that Core isn't making the deals. He wasn't making the deals with Bloom, and he's not making the deals now. And 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 the players like playing for him. And they also, when you ask the players this, they'll be like, "We're good. We're fine. It's all good," because that's how clubhouses and players are. Like they all, especially early in spring training it's always the optimistic view of everything, everything, you know, it's best shape of our life season, but you know, you look at, you have to, you have to get guys. For instance, I remember um, Mike Hazen saying this last spring training talking about, they got Evan Longoria, right? So he said that there are just some messages. There are just some things that, have to be delivered in the clubhouse by the players that a coach, a manager, a front office guy can't do. It's just how it is. That's what the dynamic is. And so, and that's how it's always been with the Red Sox, by the way. But right now, the way that I look at it, there's, there's definitely a void. And you talk about, Coop, you talk about an ace. This is another problem is that when you have these guys, not only don't you know, that you have these 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 players, these young players that you're counting on exactly what they're gonna be. But Brian Bayo and Tristan Cassis and all these guys shouldn't be expected to be the stars in 2024. They should be what uh what Xander Bogarts and Mookie Betts, or, I mean, you know, or or Rafi Devers, that's a better example. What Rafi Devers and Andrew Benintendi were in 2018. That's what they should be like. Yes, complimentary. You can't rely on, especially
6: people are talking about now, uh, they're going to wait for Anthony Meyer and Teal to come up. That's an insane amount of pressure to put on kids who aren't even in frigging AAA yet. And people are like, it's fine. It's a smart thing to do. That's what the Orioles do. I don't want to be the Orioles. Like you said, but it's not even it's five not even years just about the pressure. It's, it's a, it's a four.
3: Like it's not just one of these guys that needs to be the guy. If you're, if you're going to go this route and you're going to, you're going to say, this is the future. We're going to build around that when it's here. Like we're looking towards Meyer, Teal, Anthony, you're relying on all of these guys. And Breslau said it to, to Pete Abe today. He said it like to not just be big leaguers but to be impact big leaguers and and I'll take it a step further if you're going to rely on these guys it's got to like it's it's got to be super impact if that's if that's if you're going to build it like you're a small market team and you're going to wait for these guys to come up and then get supplementary pieces to build around those guys those guys have to be your stars then yeah, and, and that's and a lot Boston. to ask
6: it's in Boston too you're not in Kansas City every you're under a microscope 24/7 here it's one of the hardest markets to play in in the country because of people like us who talk about it all the time, we're always on you. So I just, I think that's absolutely crazy to rely on. When one, you thing especially. one thing
5: that stuck out to me today was just comparatively speaking, Craig Breslow during one of his first media availabilities after he got hired was really pining on, you have to be uncomfortable making trades. Like you have to be willing to take a risk. He made sure to note about the incredible amount of like position player, depth that we have seemed like no one was off the table. That's kind of what people around the league thought initially. media members, whatever. Then today he said, all right, we're gonna develop from within. It's a continuation, blah blah. blah. Okay, I, I understand a sustainable young core because we've seen it before. like you, you kind of go all out, you're good for two or three years and you suck. You have no pitching. Never mind in the major league level in the minors there is not one single soul in that minor league system that will help that rotation within the next two to three years how are you just content sitting on position player prospects when you have more than you can play and just waiting i like like rob maybe you can chime in were they ever like pondering the thought of moving some of these guys or was that just like Oh, if, like we can get rid of like Nick York as opposed to Meyer, Anthony Teal, Blaze, whatever.
4: No, I mean, I think I think that this is this is one of the knocks on Heim, right? That he wasn't yeah. willing to move on from them. Even Nick York, a guy who positionally is a duplicate, we think is a duplicate. Especially now that you you know allocated the resources to Von Grissom, is a duplicate at the position that he plays. And and a lot of this might be posturing and leveraging and everything else. But it's a good point. And, and the the reality, guys, let's take a step back. The beginning of the offseason, they said, what did they – the two things that they had to get better at? Start pitching and defense. Pitching and defense. They've gotten worse. Yep. As we sit here, they've gotten worse. And that's why I say, like, I just think Breslow's too smart a guy to land where everyone, like, is panicking he might land. And – Understanding that it's it, this is going to get that you're going to land at a place where you're worse, where you said that you were going to be better. I, I have, I really have a hard time believing that. And one of the interesting things, you know, we just had on uh, Brandon Gomes, the GM of the Dodgers on Baseball's and Boring. And he, he just sent the really quick comment where I said to him, I'm like, did you see this? Do you think executives saw this coming and this offseason coming? And he just said, well, I think that. The, uh, there's some trades on the table that are making difficult. I, I'm paraphrasing, but are making decision free agent decisions a lot more difficult. So where w- the, there these trades that people are weighing? Should we do the trades and allocate the resources, or should or should we go this way? And to me, like that screamed Red Sox. Like when he said that, that was screaming exactly what he probably is the 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 things on the two shoulders of Craig Breslow right now.
6: I have a question for everybody. Do we think Breslow has any sort of regret taking this job with how the uh, atmosphere around the Red Sox is right now? I feel like it's early. Even, Even if this first year
3: completely sucks, I mean... Rob, real have quick, have, uh, he, he has a vision for this team, man. No, it will, may not come together in a he year. We did color questions so to where week he wants two weeks ago, and we talked. Even about, if your plan is to do nothing you. financially, uh, I've to feel pretty good about the where the team's going to be, even though there is two years from now. Even if you want to do literally nothing right now, that is. So it, I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't say regret. I'm sure that it must be a little bit more overwhelming with the scrutiny than he thought, because I'm sure he had higher hopes for this off season. We're now and even, if, even if there's more to come, I'm sure, I'm sure he would have thought and hoped artists. that things would have happened quicker. And as you said, there's um, a
4: lot of really good. But guys regret? On I don't know if I don't. I'm not there yet. Right now it's
3: good. It would take a, it would it take time for me to get to regret. Like ac- not yeah, actual pitchers. I don't know if I don't. Yeah, Haim, I'm sure. I don't know. Yeah,
6: I don't even know if I would regret. At least right now. Yeah, I think probably not. But I think Cora. Would you say I think Craig's a smart enough guy heat from players? He probably covered all his bases with of the bases before taking the and he, is he the kind that's knew, trying to advise them I mean, like, hey, this is what all the, the whole baseball like. world kind of knew you the scrutiny that I was under. I think, think that if is he, he any, didn't expect guess, some kind of backlash, he doesn't like, have their back or it that
5: he isn't able to say he's been inactive. I think is incorrect. He's been very active, just not like these big, full throttle moves that we were promised. But I think in terms of. Craig like regretting it I don't think he does I think he kind of knew all right if this doesn't happen and this doesn't happen it's going to suck for a bit but this will happen like I think he's uh, smart enough and coordinated and strategic enough where even though things suck at times I do think like Gordo said like he has some kind of plan and is kind of willing to go through the suck to get there
3: Like, think about it. Like, their main, who knows if there's a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of are they going to spend money? And, like, I like to think that that's not, that door's not like forever shut or anything. But even if it is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of the Red Sox being competitive. Like, they, it's not like when, when Haim came here, there was like a a team at the big league level that, that should have been good, but it wasn't good in the year before. And they had nothing coming from the farm system. So, like, if Breslau were in that situation where nothing was coming, then I would understand if it's like sh- like how am I going to get the, to this team competitive within a couple of years? Like I have no idea how I'm going to do this. But with Breslau, I feel like even if even if you're not going to please fans now, like there is definitely a path to a competitive ball club within if you if you want to look at like a two three year plan, like easy. It's just a matter of can you do it now? We want it now, but that may not be how he's looking at it.
4: Well, I, I think that was it. You, Pat, who surfaced who surfaced the comment from Breslow earlier in the off season about he understands that you have to be uncomfortable, right? Yeah, you have to it's right. be uncomfortable yeah. trades. Again, this was this is not only knock on sort of when Heim was here, but but a knock on a lot of GMs. These younger GMs, they have to win the trade by eighty percent. And so when I heard that comment from Breslow, I'm like, all right, there you go. Like that's what we're talking about. That's what you're. That's what you have to do. And I'm not talking about for go for younger players, or I'm not talking about sale. That's not uncomfortable. What's ultimately what's going to be uncomfortable is when you trade one of these guys who you feel like might be part of the the, the foundation of the future for someone for two or three years, whether it's uh, whoever it is, Corbin Burns or or Dylan Cease or whoever it is. But I find it really, really hard to believe, once again, that you're going to land in February 12th and that there won't be something significant on this roster that's not there now. And I know the ownership probably is like, oh, if you're going to do it, you better do it. Can you do it now? Because we got a winter weekend coming up. That'd be super, you know? But I don't think Breslow thinks that way or works that way. And if, Hey, listen. If you get to that, if you get to that point in February, and you do end up here with, uh, with Justin Turner, or no knock on Justin Turner, was the best player last year, but with you know something along those lines, a complimentary guy, and that's it, then, then you didn't do what you you needed to do, and there there should be more things to look into. That there was at, then there was absolutely a problem with how. Either they approach the offseason or they judge the offseason because that's another part of this.
6: Rob, can I get your thoughts? I'm completely obsessed with Jorge Soler at this point. Rumor is he wants three years, but he would take two maybe, and apparently he loves Boston and likes the idea of playing for the Red Sox, <clears throat> kind of like Teoscar did. So, so what
4: do you think that? I
6: feel like this is the biggest no-brainer. If you're not going to get Justin Turner back, who I'd be thrilled with as well, why would you not sign this guy for two years? Maybe overpay a little bit to get him to sign. It's it's. Can you imagine that guy between Devers and Casas? Well,
4: again, it comes back to yeah, and I don't disagree. And it comes back to at some point you have to say this is the perfect fit, and we're going to get him. We're we're going to get him. We're going to. This is, and, and if it gets into an uncomfortable bidding war, so be it. But. We need to get that guy because if we don't get the guy, the drop off is going to be this, and and that's what drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. It's it's everyone craps on Dombrowski, but it's a proven. If you have the any semblance of resources, it's the proven way to go. Even for teams like Kansas City, if you know they identify, hey, you know what. For our budget, for the guy that we want, Michael Walker is that guy. Well, they went out and they got him. Right? Seth Lugo. They got him. Like, because they said that level of pitcher financially is a perfect fit. This is what we're going to prioritize. We're going to go as aggressive as we can. And the Red Sox, it doesn't seem like they're saying we're going as as aggressive as we can. Because if they were going to go as aggressive, as they can, you know, maybe Yamamoto is a different story. I don't know. Well, op-
6: this is the op- way it's operating. been. Like, the way that the Red Sox are operating is the way that Tom Werner sounds when he talks. Just, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just not. But Sammy, this, is,
3: this is what they've done for years. and And I'm not even saying that it's been bad in all cases because, like, it's just for years it's felt like they let the market come to them. And that can be good sometimes. Like if you're able to get a guy like Justin Turner on a 1-year deal and he performs like he did last year, like by all means, that's awesome. But
6: J.D. JD Martinez,
3: when, that's how they got him. Yeah, oh, here's Here's the thing, Gordo. But then no, but with other thing. there's other guys. But like with Story, you you had what was it? they had there was like four shortstops on the market that year, including Corey Seager. Yeah. And they let the market come to them. And this is it's not meant to be a knock on trevor story it's more so like a holy crap look what you could have had if you were just a little bit aggressive and went and got the guy
4: instead of just letting
3: the market come to you because if you let the market come to you you get guys that teams don't want
4: but the problem is is that you have to i would imagine that there are guys who they say this is a really good fit right this is i maybe they thought that was Trevor's story but those guys other, there's a lot of other teams that need the same thing the Red Sox and Breslow talks about this about about the the market for pitching how everybody wants pitching. Well, you you had to read that like you should have understood that this is like give St. Louis credit, you know they they went after those guys early early. Now, what do you say having the market come to you? It's a lot different when it's a situation like J.D. Martinez, where that was truly. All right, JD, where else are you gonna go? They you read know, it perfectly. They read it perfectly. But do you feel like they're reading this perfect? Maybe they no. are. Maybe we'll find out they are. But do you feel like they're reading this perfectly right now?
3: No, and it doesn't feel like it's been like that for years. It has it just it's felt like we've seen it in past off seasons too. And like and they'll they'll express all this interest in like maybe maybe that's their strategy. Like we're gonna have interest in all these guys and whatever comes to us, comes to us. But it's just felt like these guys, like the Teoscar Hernandez this offseason you hear these quotes and it's like oh my god the Red Sox love this guy and then what he goes for a year and like I get it you overpay for a year like 23 and a half is a lot per year for Teoscar but if it's on one year like my mindset on that is who gives a crap it just is it's I don't know I just feel like you you end up like last year with the starting pitching you end up you're interested in all these all these guys and then you end up with Corey Kluber because you you waited and you know they you went and got Jansen, so it took you out on the, of the Ivaldi market. You were gonna like let that play out, and it didn't. And then, it, and you ended up with Corey Kluber because of it. Like, if if you want to play at the top for the top guys, that just can't be your strategy. Because if then you're gonna get like the worst of the top guys. And if a guy is getting big money but not huge money, chances are there's a reason for that. And you saw it. You see it all the time, like Javier Baez, like these guys who get into like the mid hundreds. Like if that's, if that's, you're playing a dangerous game. If yeah, that is guys, your biggest, I think
4: what I think I'll, here's my prediction. What it's ultimately going to come down to is that forget about, you know, the free agency. Are they going to get Jordan Montgomery? I think Texas will get Jordan Montgomery. You know, Snell will probably stay somewhere, you know, on the West coast, you know, probably. And by the way, like him linking up with Chandler Jones didn't make him any money. Did you see yeah, that? That
6: was wild.
3: Wait, Blake, Snell and Chandler Jones. Yeah, Chandler
6: yeah. Jones, and then a bunch of UFC fighters. Yeah.
4: Random. Yeah. Okay. They're hanging out with John. Okay. Okay. So, okay. so <laughs> what I think is going to happen ultimately, it's going to come down to what we said before. How m- uncomfortable are you going to get when it comes to trading guys? And, you now we focus on Marcelo Meyer, Teal, Anthony, right? Fine. Hold on to them. Fine. But you got to be willing to trade some of these other guys, including. You think they'll do that. The way,
3: what is that like? Do you, do you think they're willing to do that? Because I told I totally respect them wanting to hold on to those big three. I don't think you really make much progress but, if you, you know trade what? those three. But there should be a deal to be had. You have so much other depth elsewhere and good well, prospects. They're well, not. They're yeah, not top but you, tier.
4: Gordo, but they're good guys. Gordo, you say that. You say that, Gordo. But do they? Like we're, we keep talking together? about, we keep talking about this, this unbelievable farm system. And the thing is, is that, yeah, it's, it's deeper. It's got more players in it than who are going to make the major leagues, but I'll come back to the dynamic of comparing a Baltimore or Tampa or something else. Like where, so who are the stars? There's a reason why the Yankees were willing to, were able to make two significant trades. By trading a crap load of minor league pitchers, you know why? Because they have a crap load of minor league pitchers who teams actually think are going to be legitimate major leaguers. The Red Sox, even a guy like Sedan Rafaela, right? Sedan Rafaela, I think he's going to be a major league player. Is he going to be a star? I mean, I don't think teams think he's going to be a star. So if if teams don't think he's going to be a star, then that's a tougher trade to make for a guy like Dylan Cease. It just is.
3: That's if you're in those waters. Cause you're right, Rob, if you're, if you're going after a Dylan cease, you're not getting that without a headliner and you have three headliner type prospects. If you're dealing from, from the farm, obviously if you want to go to the bigs, you you've got Casas and Bay teams would take that as a headliner too, but I don't think they necessarily need to like, they can improve the roster without, Get, like, I, I and I, I, yes, they are an ace away from legitimate contention, but you can put a good team on the field if you have five mid rotation or better starters. Like, what, like, wh- what, what if they traded for like Patrick Sandoval? He's okay. He's a so- solid mid rotation guy. And you can get a guy like that if the Angels are willing to part with him without one of these headliner prospects. And he's got three years of control. There's tons of Edward. guys like
6: that out there. Edward, there's yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. another Aaron. one. It's a project. I mean, there's so project. many of these guys. It's, yeah, that's why it's so frustrating because there's so many things, so many equations we can do in our head that we think make sense and none of them are happening. And thank God that right now, this day, January 16th, while we're recording, there's still a decent amount of time
4: left in the offseason. Not a lot. Well, you you but, know what they're uh, doing? Pa- J- they're going to have Jonathan Papelbon announce a trade on the stage on Friday night. I would cry. Wait, that,
6: That's
3: That's how you get the applause.
6: You, you'd get the fans on your side. I want to vent to pap. I feel like that would make me feel a lot better if I could just yell and Pap would be like, "Uh huh, you're right." That would be good, very therapeutic. Right, we should all do that—just yell and Pap can listen and be like, "You guys are right." I'm validating you guys.
3: Pap right. Pap is definitely—he could have had a career in therapy if he uh, if he didn't if he didn't pitch. He get could have been like. It. He could have been like a psychiatrist, psychologist, therapist. I don't. Could, be, could have been any of that. Just, yeah, Uh, he
6: just diagnoses dirt, Rub some dirt on it.
5: Just bring up Alex Verdugo and J.D.
3: Drew and just let them go. (laughs) (laughs) Just let them go at it. That was so, yeah,
6: that
4: was great, man. I love it.
3: You'll be talking to him about your problems. He'll be like, yeah, man. So it's like one time with J.D. Drew,
4: like, oh, I got to tell you, like, it's relatable. You know what? The thing is with Pap is that it's gotten to the point where, like, when he first emerged, I remember Coop probably remembers this too because it was like we were shacking up together at the All-Star game. Pap all of a sudden, like, comes out of nowhere and appears on Twitter after being, like, nowhere, right? And then he starts doing his stuff, including the video with him and his son cutting the machete with the chicken and the beer, And and we're like, oh, can you believe what Pap did? Oh, can you believe it? And now, like, he does stuff, and you're like, okay. I mean, I remember – he went on. He went on uh, with us when the Ortiz uh, cannabis company came out, and just talked about how he was like constantly high, you know, like like when he went to Fenway. So it's it, it's. I think that's it's good because you know we want entertainment, and I it's I I don't know if the Red Sox fully understand what they're getting in for. I don't in. think they do. There's no way. Oh, there you go. Oh. Up. <laughs> i got some it's good oh, the, the poppy uh was it the poppy sluggers
6: i got the poppy infused sweet slugger i've got about half left thank you big poppy it's good here you go got it from maine No <clears throat> uh i started <laughs> this is so weird <laughs> i started eating pickles because of Papelbon. because on Nessen they did a thing about how like him and his significant other like made pickles at home and then i was like <laughs> i want to be this? Like, this is like 2007 or something and i was like i want to be cool like jonathan Pappelbon and my mom got
4: like a jar of pickles and i was like i don't really like that <laughs> you know what you know this is so when <laughs> they talk about so this is going to be taped on nassim i think Ooh. um and taped and cut Yeah, well, you know, last year was a little bit of edits, but it's... Oh, just a little bit. But it it reminds me, the ultimate one was the event where Nessun set up the cameras, and then it started, and they they were tearing down the cameras. We're not doing this. And that was the David Ortiz roast at the House of Blues. (laughs) It was... That thing was so off the... I mean, oh my... It was... It started... And it, <laughs> literally, they're like, they're packing up the cameras. Like this, this isn't happening. This isn't happening.
6: What could go wrong? No, that's but
4: yeah. So, so that's going to happen. I don't know what will happen to that degree, but it's, uh, but I mean, we already saw like pap on the pregame show. I mean, this is a thing. Like he was ripping the organization all over the place. That's what we talked about. Uh, I think two episodes ago,
6: one yeah. or two episodes ago, like of all the guys to pick bonds like the one guy I could see going rogue and just ripping them to shreds, which <laughs> I would—I'd probably cry tears of joy if that happened. That would be poetic.
4: Yeah. Well, we should
6: also uh, film film the uh, whatever this is called the show in case Nesson cuts it, so we'll have our own little yeah. Play, play there, Tessie
4: there so, so what's the deal with Winter Weekend? What's what's the play Tessie plans? What's going on? Um,
6: I got my ticket. I'm going with my, my same buddy from last year, my old college roommate. We're gonna, we got a room. We're kind of just planning to go with the flow, get there, grab a drink, not as many as last year, and enjoy. Not as many, no, not as many as last year. Yeah, we, I mean, need find, you you a, we need to find, I'm gonna find Chris Henrik. He's Chris, Chris Henrique is he's already like subtly, he's is Chris Henrique. I'm is going, subtly, up, I'm printed it up a notch. Yeah, yeah he, I he's think like, Henrique's already pre-gaming. Yeah, I'm scared oh, of Henrique this
5: by year. By the way,
4: are we are we convinced that we're pronouncing Chris's name correctly? Or is this like another case of... Uh,
3: Louis, of Robert.
4: Uh, <laughs> Louis Robert? Louis <laughs> Robert. <laughs> it's my boy. So, oh, by the way... Hold on, drive-
3: I've actually been wondering this. And I... Go I ahead. vowed not to ask him because I wanted to figure it out on my own. And I heard... I was listening to... Ed Hand and Andrew Parker's podcast and they mentioned him by name and Parker said Henrique. So if it's Hen- right. if Parker's saying Henrique, it's gotta be.
6: You guys never right? watch he, he would know. know. There's always Henriques in hockey. Same spelling.
4: Adam Henrique on the Anaheim Ducks. But by the way, I dropped a Louis Robert on Dylan Cease the other day. How did he respond to that?
5: He's, yeah, What did he say?
4: I, I think it's gonna be a thing. I think it's this it's gonna be throughout the clubhouse now. He just laughed. I'm being felt nationally. Hey, Uh, any
6: traction on uh, Cease and Reese? Cease? Oh, Cease and
4: Reese Green? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, We've already had that episode. In case people don't know, Reese Green, uh, one of the hosts of Baseballs and Boring, stand-up comic, former Czechoslovakia, is a professional (laughs) baseball player.
6: (laughs) Swing and a miss. (laughs) (laughs) Jack <laughs> <the pocket. laughs> he, I thought it was going to be like a recurring show where Dylan Cease and Reese just,
4: that's so That's great. Well, consider, considering they talked about Frisbee golf for 15 minutes last time, I think there's only as much as I love a good disc golf conversation. It is it, it, it is the Cease and Reese is tempting. Like I said, I've told this story before where I literally did the co- the podcast with Felix DuBrant and Ruby De La Rosa for the sole reason because I want the title Ruby Doobie Show. and They, <laughs> they, they barely spoke English. <laughs> Ruby De La Rosa. Oh my God. I thought I that guy be... was going to
3: be so freaking good. I was so, I was obsessed with Ruby.
4: Yeah. Pedro, the Pedro scouting reports have never recovered from him saying that Ruby De La Rosa was the next Clemens.
3: was also very disappointed when I learned his name wasn't Ruby. I liked it better as Ruby. Ruby. Yeah, I liked it better that way. Two B's. How could it not be rubby? Uh
6: Rob, I got another question for you, and it's about sorry to take this light conversation away and make it sad again. <laughs> when, it <comes> to, oh, <laughs> when it comes to ownership, yeah. do they do they hear us? <laughs> like do they do they hear how upset the fan base is? Like does that just go in one ear and out the other? Because that's no, what you're no. About,
4: what you heard. No, of course it. What do you think when they traded Mookie Betts they were talking about college ticket prices uh so packages like halfway through the press conference. That, so that 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 is what is shocking about this because the narrative and the the prevailing thought when Haim was fired was you know, you are creeping toward apathy. And you had, you know, it's been cited a lot like the 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 parade, the digest parade, the dollar tickets and everything else. So you got to do something to get the fan base back. But, you know, as we sit here, I don't know if you know this, it hasn't happened. It's gone. It's gone the wrong way. So,
5: yeah. Rob, I have a question too, actually. All right. When, so let's say you want to do,
4: r- you want to do 10 pull-ups, 10, four sets of 10. A little front rows. upright rows. Or you can superset with dumbbells, do the seven, seven, seven. If you really want a shoulder burn. A little Tyler O'Neal advice. I'm just saying, listen, I'm not I'm not saying that he may or may not be showing up a winter weekend in a base in a extra small baseballs and boring shirt. Hell yeah. But he, yeah, there you go. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um
5: so like let's say hypothetically you seem pretty convinced that it won't happen, but let's say it does. Do you go with Brian Bayo or Chris Murphy as the opening day starter? Or
3: who? Say it again. Chris
5: Murphy. <laughs>
4: I, be- I believe in Chris Murphy. Pat I do too. Chris I make
6: it a point to say that name every single podcast. That's Pat's guy. I feel really bad. I had like a meltdown on Twitter last year about him, and I, I, I want to take it all back. I, like, he seems like a good dude. I don't know. He seems a little more uh have you not there? had him
4: on the podcast yet?
6: Nobody wants yeah. to talk to us?
3: How did you yeah. melt down about Chris
6: Murphy? Seems it's because they l- kept they kept running him out there for like way too long. And you could tell he yeah. was burnt out, and, and I was like, get him off the fucking mound. <laughs> like it mattered last year. He but- seems a little more responsive to
5: feedback than uh a former reliever who might have thrown a hundred stunk. <laughs> His name might have rhymed with Caleb Ort. Uh, I like Caleb Ort.
2: You
3: got me there, Pat. You got me there. I was like, what's he going to pick?
4: Chris Murphy's my guy. I thought you were talking about Joe Kelly. (laughs) No. No. I was ready to come through this camera and kill you. (laughs) Uh, But... Yeah, no, Chris Murphy always. I think, first of all, I thought he was a great story last year because he wasn't expected to make the team. And now he's going to be the opening day starter. I know. There you go. Good story. And he Uh, should be on the podcast. What do you, I mean, that's again, this is the embarrassment of riches you guys are with your cachet at winter weekend. Who you got, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. The play Tessie brand is never going to be hotter.
6: I'm on down on Chris the up. Mm-hmm. Pat, we're going to Chris okay, Murphy. Let's
3: make that happen. Let's we got to get Pat like one of those uh we need a a picture of Pat and Chris Murphy like both like handshake handshake looking at the camera not like a, like a half smile. Like kind of like, "Yeah, we know we're cool." Yeah. And just like a we'll jersey on the swap podcast. in the
5: middle of the casino. We just take our shirts off and swap. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I'm going right to text you right now. Are you free? to come on podcast right now right now there's a big fan of yours who wants to talk to you there is a big fan who wants to talk to you a big fan who wants to his and his huge traps
5: it's it's gonna be so funny because he's gonna think it's like some like middle school kid who just loves chris murphy and it's a 25 year old man (laughs) hey how are you buddy (laughs) um Hey Chris, big fan.
4: <laughs> hey, who are you, buddy? Uh, um uh, I had uh so I had um the baseballs and boring that's dropping Wednesday at some point. Um I taped it. Uh former Red Sox player was uh lefty reliever. Scott Anderson. You... <laughs> he wasn't lefty. I know. What year? Can you guess? What year? Franklin Ross? Mar- this year.
6: Oh, Oh, Brandon up and Walter. down. Walter. Richard Blyer? No. No,
4: It's not Blyer. Oh, Sheriff. Yeah. Oh, nice. he's, Sheriff.
6: Cool. he's cool.
4: He's cool. You know he's why? Because so I love the story how he retired and now he's not retired. His he's friend, making was a comeback. Like,
6: Come on, man. Get back in there. And he's like, all right, fine. Can you imagine it's- being that good at sports that you can just be like, ah, fine. I'll go be a major league pitcher. I would give anything to be able to do that. I can't even throw 80 anymore i used to throw 80 and i can only do like 75. no I, I mean
4: without spoiling it let's just say he wasn't happy how things shook out in spring training last year ah
6: but he yeah. was good in the majors too i don't get it like he
4: yeah i never understood he really that. good numbers Pumpkin. in the minors right yeah yeah and then his arm his arm sort of blew out Petito, the yeah, yeah. but uh yeah but i just Anytime, like that's the thing is you see Ty Buttry, Ty Buttry just get signed. You got yeah, yeah. Ty Kinsler, Kinsler trade, yeah, the, right?
3: Yeah, the Kinsler deal. And he deal. and he just like retired out of nowhere after being like pretty good in the bigs.
4: And now he's signed. Now he's signed with Seattle. He's back. Oh, he's in Seattle. That's the pitching well, factory. He'll be my you. Know. Yeah, I mean, so I love these stories when guys retire because because it leads to the question of, and that's what I asked Sheriff is that how much how much does it take to push the button on social media to push that button once you push the button you're retired i don't care about papers once you put it out there you're retired you're retired so there you go chris murphy hasn't got back to me yet sorry Wait, pat what is this can
6: i can i read another right. weird a weird quote from tom werner today this this one i don't get and i i feel like i keep making the podcast negative but that's where i'm at you're- so
3: no, you're about to ask exactly the quote that I wanted to bring up before the show ended. I is know, he, we, okay. I know, you're going there.
6: He says, "In the end, we don't have a line in terms of our payroll that we look at as much as trusting that Craig Breslow is going to deliver on his assurance that we're going to be competitive." Is he? Is that throwing Craig Breslow completely under the bus, or am I way overreacting and emotional right now? No, that did wasn't you the that quote. A, I was did you we'll read bring, that again? We'll bring up. Yeah, I'll okay. do my quote Read after. It again. Yeah. Read it again. Here's the full quote. In the end, we don't have a line in terms of our payroll that we look at as much as trusting that Craig is going to deliver on his assurance that we're going to be competitive. End quote.
4: Well, I mean, I, it's definitely trying to push back on the narrative that they've had a limit on, on on money, right?
6: They did this with Haim too. They said the same stuff. Why would, why would anyone want to work for the Red Sox if the owners do stuff like that? That's ins. Uh, that makes my blood pressure go back up. I'm gonna lose it again. Ugh. Do you want Pete Fatsy's brother on? Pete brother. I've been talking about that. I've been saying we got to get Pete Fatsy's brother on. Yeah, that was oh, actually great.
5: one and two on the bucket list was Chris Murphy and the brother of Pete Fatsy. He's great, and then he's maybe if David Ortiz. He's, he's
4: interacting.
5: Somebody. Yeah,
6: he's it, a P, he's a P one for play Tessie It's
4: a uh, so Pete. Josh Rutledge
5: P-
6: was a close three. Pete Fatsy's brother, <laughs> Chris Murphy. David Ortiz. Those are our three in order. Yeah.
4: How about Pete Fassi? Why isn't he on the podcast?
6: He, I don't, I don't
3: know.
4: <laughs>
3: How do what you do we gotta get, Pete Fassi on? All, we gotta get all, all these guys on?
4: Well, uh, it's again, you're, it, this is sort of like the winter weekend. I feel for play Tassie is like the springboards, like the t-shirt cannon. Boom. Here it is. Like Break you guys, it. you guys don't know. Cause you haven't been out in the wild. You don't know what it's like, how popular you are until you start mingling among the, the fans. Look, you're I'm, all excited you no, I'm, I'm excited to,
3: I'm excited to, I'm curious to see if, uh, how many people recognize us over there.
4: I haven't
6: told you this, but a good friend of mine, he was on a dating app and he had like a, a match and this match likes play Tessie and thinks Coop is attractive
4: we cool. Cool. Can we chime in on this? Come
3: on in. On Coop. Come,
6: yeah, on Coop, in. Coop, come on in. Oh, yeah. It, it. Yeah. So, my, my old roommate was like, look at this. And yeah. So, uh, that's awesome. What,
4: yeah. Good job. Coop. What a, what a, cal- what a, I can't wait for the playtesty calendar. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's, gonna <laughs> it's be just so going to be
6: 12 pages of Pat. <laughs> Pat, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> And then me in a winter coat.
4: What so? What? Let me ask you this, I, and I know I'm obsessed with the week winter weekend because I, I really enjoyed seeing you guys there, right?
6: Oh, that was the best.
3: Hey, was you're great. coming, yeah. right?
4: You're gonna be there, Rob? Yeah, I'm
6: doing a show. Why? I, I oh, okay. Oh, like, you know, yeah. Fun. The way you were framing the sentence, I thought you were being like, "I'm sad I'm not there." It scared me for a second.
4: No, no, no. I'll be. I uh, I get the show from one to three. I know. I'm sorry. One to four. That means play Tessie. 345 prime slot hell let's yeah let's go yeah, okay. uh but it's yeah so it's uh but it's it's just good seeing people that you don't like i was like uh, our guy chris henrique you know, like good seeing him like much shorter than i thought you know, so, <laughs> it's mean it's mean you know what it's i'm getting no, person. Like first,
6: this is the first time i'm ever gonna be in a big crowd With contact lenses. So I'll actually be able to see people. And see who's around. Last year it was literally like being in a fishbowl. Of just blurriness. Because I I don't like how I look in my glasses. So I was like I'm not going to wear them. So I was just blind the entire time. But now
4: I'll be able to see. So I have put in. A formal request. For you guys to interview Wade Boggs. Oh Oh, Let's
6: go.
5: My boy.
4: (laughs) My favorite. Funny. Why not? Funny
5: story about Henrique. I don't know how I've actually never told this on the podcast. I went to a Sox game last summer and it torrential downpoured in like the second or third inning. So I'm out on the concourse walking around, whatever. I just see like a football field away, everyone's you know huddled with like whoever they came with, this one person who looks just like Wheezy the Penguin from Toy Story. Just
4: <laughs>
5: looking around and i go that guy looks weird i go is that chris henrique and i walk over and it is chris henrique
6: dripping wet just goes oh hey man good to see you <laughs> dude he was the life of the party last year i i had such a uh, allegedly, allegedly up the dance floor yeah allegedly i had a great time
4: so i'm excited also to see chris. also i have i have broken bread with him at twin peaks and fort myers so wow. which uh-huh. which that will be you guys this year. I, I am confident.
6: Uh, I had a friend uh, l- last week or this week, who's not really a big baseball fan. And they went down to Florida and they're like, yeah, I'm in Fort Myers. I might actually go to Red Sox spring training. And I was like, you're a little early. <laughs> <laughs> <Right now>? <laughs> <laughs> you're like a month and
4: change early, bud. And he was like, oh, okay. So, I should I should say this is that I've been saying all this, whereas there's a little bit of a conflict of interest because a member of my family now is employed by the Boston Red Sox.
3: Ooh, care to elaborate?
4: Chad Bradford. My 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 wife has signed an agreement with the Boston Red Sox to work at JetBlue Park for the entirety of spring training. Oh yes. Wait. Congrats, Chad. Keep going.
3: I want to I want to hear what's what's the job. Well we, we're and not we're it...
4: not uh, we're not positive about the duties yet. All we know is that she will get multiple red shirts that uh there's a chance that she a good chance that she'll be a tour guide, 50-50 raffle person, maybe customer service. So, yeah. But she had to sign a deal. Oh, She's yeah. the only one among us who signed a contract with the Red Sox. You should and frame it. The- most of the money is deferred to 2034 so yeah she's on the cooper hey, Criswell, that's, pretty, deal.
3: that's pretty early that's good that's not too far It's only 10 years
1: i've Ron, seen worse do
6: you, a, do you get a headache doing three hours of radio because like i know i've been yelling into the mic and i'm like enraged right now but my head is like starting to kill me just from the
4: <laughs> ugh, pure rage uh yeah i mean i did four hours yesterday talking patriots so i was it's exhausting yeah oh my god but, but you know, when you're among friends, it makes the time go by really quick. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, meanwhile, Coop is sitting there and saying, "When are you guys gonna wrap it up? Come on, let's go. I'm tired." <laughs> <laughs> you know
3: what? I mean, this this is good. This is good. Let's we'll transition into enough said, and I'll I'll go first because I want to read the the quote that I found a little bit interesting. Is my enough said, and you guys can give me your take on it. I guess I don't have it as a quote, but the Tom Warner said. To uh, Sean McAdam, that the sale trade was not about shedding salary, as much as it was having more competitive pitching going forward and more control of competitive pitching. Did that catch anyone else's eye? Yeah, that didn't make any sense. They didn't get a pitcher for him. They haven't gotten a pitcher since. It didn't make any sense to me.
6: I didn't know. I don't know. No,
3: I did know. It makes no sense.
6: I know. I kind of saw that, and I did this this face. I went, and then I moved on. I didn't want to decipher any more. uh, lingo that I don't understand. I mean, really
4: like it's great job by Sean of getting Werner, but the, the, really the two things were the explaining away the full throttle and the, in the, in the John Henry scheduling availability thing, you know? So those two things, because everything else is, we, we don't, we can't take anything like literal anymore. We can't much like that quote you just said, yeah, um, it's, it I have
3: really I feel like it was more for me just like a matter of good. He talked like I don't even half the time. I don't even care what they say. I just want them to be like
6: present and accountable. Do you think it benefited him? Do I think what? Did what? Do you think it benefited him, Gordo?
3: Uh, Yeah, a little bit. I mean, he's going to take some heat now, but I think I think the expectation is now reeled in. And I think he showed his face. And I think I I don't think everyone is gonna give him credit for it, but I I'll give him credit for it. There's other people yeah, I, I think I, that will give him give him credit at least for just showing his face.
5: I'd agree with that, Gordo. I think that I mean, it it was honesty. It wasn't like the one thing that always kinda sucked with Haim was that you always got these super vague, like umbrella terms. Like if he was asked those questions today, it's we're pursuing all avenues, leaving it at that. Uh we're we have to develop our young core and like redress the farms just like it was kind of always the same touch and go answer with this like just umbrella but that was the truth
4: but it was the i truth. know
5: and then now with breslow i mean the truth sucks today but at least it's not like it, it's not promising something that's not gonna yeah. happen where the full throttle comment kind of was
6: he also I, uh, I, I I, got I, run when, under the bus by his owner
5: oh
4: no, his boss today too i, I thought like, Haim was, once Haim discovered podcasts, like, that was a good thing. No, I'm, yeah. I'm big, I mean, really? honestly, I remember doing that. I don't know if you guys remember, it was at the end of uh, September of uh, 2000, must 2022, I guess. And we did a podcast. was up in the booth. I'm off the market. But, and, uh, oh, yeah. I appreciate it. That was a really it. good one. And he, he was like, I like that. Like, because it wasn't just, you know, question, answer, question, and everyone's going through the questions. There was sort of, and I, and you say, hey, listen, this, like, that was when we talked about, well, why don't you sign, why do you think you're going to sign Devers and when you didn't sign Mookie? And he goes and explain, okay, well, and then you have a conversation about that one question. It's just like any podcast, right? So, and then you could see him do, he was really willing to do podcasts because I think he liked doing that. I want to get to that point with with Breslow. Like I want to these are great stories, good stories to have, but I really and I, and it's always good to have availability, but the question answer, question answer. No. Let's have a conversation like we have for the last hour and 7 minutes, right? So God bless podcast.
6: Agreed, agreed. It's it's less a uh, it's a less threatening format, you know. It's less Well, you can
4: defend yourself.
6: Yeah. And you don't have like a, as much of a time limit either. You don't have, you know, yeah. Your words don't get twisted. Like you, you, you just get to
3: speak for yourself. And if what you have to say makes sense, it'll come across.
4: Exactly.
6: Okay. Uh, I'll go with my enough said, this is, I was gonna, I was gonna get mad at the uh, John Henry scheduling issue thing, but I feel like we'd kind of be beating a dead horse if we complain more. So I got something cool that I think would be cool if the Red Sox did at Fenway. So The Los Angeles Clippers have a new section in their stadium called The Wall. And it's basically like if you're a crazy Clippers fan, you sit in this section, section 51. It's called The Wall, like I said. The rules are you cannot cheer for the opposing team. You can't wear the opposing team's gear. And tickets can only be resold in the Clippers marketplace. I don't know how they enforce it, but i just thought that was kind of cool i've never heard of that in like a professional american sports setting and just thinking about it at fenway if we had like one insane section like the bleachers aren't crazy enough already just thought it was cool i feel
4: here's my initial thought of that in boston i don't think you can do anything sticky like that like i don't it would I come across think, you're right i don't it would come across start, like they're scared I, I think it's i think it would be mocked too much to to do
6: that's a good point. I mean, the Clippers are the most obvious second fiddle to the Lakers you've ever seen. So, you know what? Okay. Now you've kind of talked me out of it. Now I don't like it. Thanks a lot. So, I think that it's good for a team like the Clippers or the <laughs> White
4: Sox or Oakland or something like that. If you're but, if you but the better them. the better analogy, maybe is could something like they do the bird bath in Cameron Yards, could you find that sort of organic thing at Fenway? Um, yeah. So I don't know. Right now, Not Not wrong. Not right now. <laughs> no. I want to
3: crash the cl- I'd never heard of that. I want to crash it. I want to go decked out in Celtics gear. I'll, I'll bring my like Celtics like chain necklace thing with the big logo on the bottom. Be like, kick me so out. What, I dare
0: you.
6: What could go wrong, Gordo? Every, the Celtics are universally liked, especially in Los Angeles. So I think you would be fine. Yeah. Agreed. So we'll have to All find right. somebody new for the show if you do that. But, uh, yeah,
3: the wall. Pat, Rob, I get- you guys got any enough said? Anyone? Yeah,
5: I got one. Little, little bit of a high note, a moral, a moral high. The Red Sox signed Vladimir Asensio, Dominican uh, outfielder from the Dominican Republic, out of Mejia Top Ten training, which is the same academy that Miguel Blaze came out of. Number thirty-three ranked international
6: prospect. Guys, we might be pretty good in six years. It, it's oh. not, it's not crazy. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's what everyone's saying. Everyone's saying, watch out for the 2030 Red Sox. They're going to be nasty. Um, no, one's I like it's no like that. Go It's like that
3: Astros cover from Sports Illustrated. Oh. <laughs>
6: that's dude, that's the most frustrating thing, is when I'm talking about baseball on Twitter or with someone, and they go, oh, look at the Astros. They're homegrown. Look at the Orioles. I'm like, Yeah, they sucked for six years. Just to have a chance. That's not worth it. But, um, Pat, to your comment, I was having a whale of a time reading the comments when the Red Sox announced that. People were like, oh, sick. Another teenager. He probably stinks anyway. Whatever. We're going to suck forever.
4: (laughs) But but, but conversely, if you listen to you guys, the headline Red Sox sign highly regarded 17 year old outfielder. Boom! like yeah that's that's like stealing page views so oh, yeah yeah but my enough said is this I just I just I am so thankful that you guys are here and you will be in Springfield Who, ever is everyone gonna be in Springfield yeah, oh yeah yes right. sir there you go I will we will give you our brand new Japanese baseballs and boring t-shirts oh yeah, oh, yeah. let's yeah. go <laughs> I still need mine. i The I've been hottest commodity money. on the market. Well, it just—it literally just like, like came out
6: yesterday. Do you have the red? I, I want the the red ones so I could match it with my Red Sox hat and wear it to Fenway. Or what, blue the Japanese one? No, just any baseball is oh, in right. red. Right. I want to rep it at Fenway and like look the part. Okay,
4: I'll take well, anything. I don't really care. I'll take them all.
5: Just dripping in BBIB B-I-
4: swagger. <laughs> yeah. Wait for the Wait till the, B- I- wait till the uh, baseballs in boring night at Fenway. I cannot confirm or deny.
5: Ooh! Now
4: that I have a family member who is employed by the Red Sox, maybe down in Fort Myers as well.
3: Rob, you haven't previously had the in in the past with this organization, but now you've got the in. This is a big deal. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is. I huge. think your foot's this in the is- door here. You might have a thing with yeah. the Red Sox.
5: This is big for your brand. <laughs> can you? Can you pretend? Can,
4: can you pretend like you're checking on the 50-50 raffle results up in Craig Breslow's office, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can you oh have God. Craig Breslow
3: announce a 50-50 winner on a
4: podcast <laughs> with me? Oh, my God.
6: <laughs> awesome. All right.
3: that That's going to do it for, uh, for episode 27 of Play Tessie. Huge thanks to Rob Bradford for jumping on with us. Lots can happening in the Sox world today. Uh, But before you hop off, just a quick reminder, hit that subscribe button. Apple, Spotify, Odyssey app, wherever you're listening. Hit that subscribe button. Get notified whenever there's an episode coming out. You always want to hear when when the PT boys are going to get in your eardrums. So (laughs) that's been episode 27 of Play Tessie. Thanks for jumping in with us. Toodaloo.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?